I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey! Hey, what's up? It's your girl and boy, Blender and Brayden, Brayden and Belinda, coming at you, you, me, and a poltergeist at 11, 12 at night. And we are live from the sold out... (laughs) The the sold out, you, me, and poltergeist studio in New York City. Australia. It's time for podcast. For podcasting. Hello, hello, and welcome. <laughs> Belinda and I have this like running joke that's been going on. I don't know, like maybe a year, I don't know, maybe less. I don't know. But I like say, "Oh, how are you feeling?" And then I hold up like my hand, like I've got a microphone in my hand. And then she'll start responding like she's talking to a press after a big game or something. <laughs> she'll be do it. Yeah. So how are you feeling? Yeah, you know, everyone came out and they played a good game. Everyone had a good time. You know, we all trained really hard and <laughs> you know, I, mean, I can't do it unless I'm doing it to you. You know what I mean? But I, I think- do that for like... I don't know, a, minute. a solid minute. And then I'd be like, yeah, um, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming out, supporting us. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. And, and then I like pull the microwave away prematurely or I'll put it back. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I start again. And you're like, yeah, thank, yep, thanks. thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, you're great. Thank you. I think the best part about it is the lack of enthusiasm in your voice when you do it. It's just like, yeah, this is another game for me, you know? Yeah, you know, everyone, like, they train really hard and comes down and... <laughs> come out we do our best everyone does their best you know like props to the other team for having a having a good time tonight and you know they they got a few in but we won and it was all right like good job to you guys and you know we really respect the coaches and the referees and we just want to say thank you very much and uh yeah good game good good night uh good vibes and we'll uh we'll see you next time yep thank you very much yeah thank you <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when it started. I don't know. That's going to be so annoying to hear on, in your headphones. I, oh, maybe. I apologize. To me, it's enjoyable. Each time I'm just like, yeah. It's our thing. <laughs> I think it's become a thing. It makes me happy. It does. It makes me happy too. That's good. I get but... to pretend I'm a sweet reporter. And I get to pretend that I'm a big star. Or <laughs> 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 what I've always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Legit though, we'll spend like five minutes just doing a little mock interview where we like stop all the rest of the other <laughs> conversation we're talking about to have this weird <laughs> sports interview. And guess what? I don't even play sports. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played a sport. How many sports interviews have you watched? None. Okay, well you don't I mean good. like I just I remember from like state of origin. Uh, when they'd be like uh, absolutely yeah. exhausted, and the person's like, "Hey, you guys played a really good game tonight. Like, what do you think of?" And and they're just like, "Yeah, everyone came out and did their best." And they just like, "That's 
just the line that they yeah. do every fucking yeah. time. And then it's like, yeah, we got some room for improvement, but you know, that'll be next year's game and we'll just, you'll watch out for us then. And you know what I mean? They've got yeah. like the really craggly uh, yeah. voice from screaming. Oh, yeah. I do know. You know, you all know. That's a lot of fun. Hey, today is brought to you by our fantastic (laughs) patrons over www.patreon.com slash patrons. You're out there doing a good job and sending us money every month and it's great. Thank you very much. much. Yeah, your support is absolutely... (laughs) (laughs) You're doing a good job. Uh, You're playing a strong game. Playing a strong game. Yeah, very good. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, patrons, for supporting us. You make the world go round. You're the best. What else is new, babe, aside from being a sports presenter and <laughs> sports star? I don't... Is there anything new? We got our costumes for Halloween. Oh, we got our costumes for Halloween. Yeah, and I'm actually exciting. very happy because for once I've ordered a costume and it fits me. Oh. It's not too big. It's not too loose. The size chart was actually correct. Belinda's going as a naughty nun. Oh, my Pope costume is right behind me. Shall I try it on right now and then podcast in it from this point on? Yes. Pause. Hey, I'm back. You're in a dress. It's not a dress. It's a a robe. robe, all right? (laughs) What do you think of my Pope hat? Oh, my God. How do I look like a penis? Looks like the knob at the top. Oh my lord! No, you look great though. I love this look for it's you. It's hot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, are we gonna turn this into a sexy pope? I don't know because at the moment like... it leaves nothing for the mind. Okay, well we're gonna <laughs> no, have to. Here's my idea: loser sleeves. Okay. Show off them guns. Sure. Um. What about I just don't wear anything underneath? Lose this white robe part. Sexy I was pope. gonna say we could turn the robe into a pair of shorts instead. Like it's gonna then, be tough, and then just have that the red part. I think the pope, without sleeves, pope and sexy don't should really, be together. They sh- okay, they definitely should. Have you seen the pope? He's mm. old, decrepit, wrinkly. His head looks like a ball sack. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why he wears the hat. Are you gonna you oh, gonna you're gonna wear the hat though? Of course. A significant part of the outfit. No one's gonna know you're a pope without the hat. That's it. Otherwise you just look like some choir boy. Yes. Oh, I can be a choir boy. <laughs> Anyways. Well, you could be because I'm a sexy nun. <laughs> oh, I'm a bad influence on them yeah. choir boys. <laughs> well, this is a lot of fun. This I'm gonna continue I'm going to continue the podcast as the Pope. Please do. Yeah. I'm loving a... this. Are you coming to bed like that? Oh, yeah, I think I'm going to wear this to bed. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to get out of this until Halloween. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Workplace health and safety, doing it right. Right. With those flailing bits of fabric around yeah. the machinery. It's great. I'm very visible. ScoMo is coming least. in, isn't he? He is. ScoMo is coming into my work. How exciting. I hope he sees me, and I hope I tell him to repent his sins. I hope he then believes that you're the Pope. I, I, think, I think he would. I think he would, too. He wouldn't know what the Pope looks like if it fucking hit him in the face. Well, I better hit him in the face, then. Yeah, you better with your bulletproof van. <laughs> That's it. Hey, uh, what are we talking about today? 
Um, lots of things. I wanna <laughs> I wanna talk about how I was I was going through all my notes on my phone because I'm like, why do I have so many notes on my phone? I need to get rid of these. Yeah. And a lot of it were just like um descriptions for like episode posts. Pardon me. So I was like, I'll just get rid of that because I don't need it, don't need it, don't need it. And then I came across this note from the 6th of May. Oh, a while ago. Yes, of this year. But you've never read it. I don't think I've read it out loud on the podcast. What is it? Okay, so it says this. Woke up to the sound of Brayden saying, babe, but he wasn't even in the room. And then my phone started ringing and it was work asking me to come in early. Interesting. Weird. Right? Like some weird type of thing in my brain was going, you need to wake up because you you have to go into work early. Oh, I'm your alarm clock. You were my little alarm clock. Right, this but it was getting so hot. Okay. But it was immediate. That's so interesting. T- take your thing off before you... Yeah, take it off. Everybody take it off. Brayden looks so good. He oh, even better when he takes it off. He wasn't wearing pants or anything. Oh, hey, I was. His All right, dingling is just wingling. It, yeah, I'm kidding. He's wearing pants. That's interesting. Or is he? Anyway, yeah, I thought it, I remember that happening now too. Hmm. And lately, I think that Lily, my cat. That I had that died this year. Yeah. Who was 18 when she died. Like, she was very old. I think her spirit's hanging around. Really? What makes you think so? Okay. Hear me out. So, she used to love, like, sleeping in between legs. Yep. And the other night, I was waiting for you to come home. And I felt, like, what felt like a cat jumping up on the bed and crawling up and like, curling up in between my legs. Huh. And I'm thinking, oh, it's not so silly. Yeah. And I open my eyes and I sit up. Nothing's there, but I can still feel the presence of, Whoa. like, a cat laying in my legs. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. And I have, I've felt, like, little paw prints over the bed a lot recently as well. Yeah. Like no one's there. And at first I thought, it's just my mind, it's just the blanket settling. But when I, when I felt the, um, what felt like an actual cat, in between my yeah. legs was very, I guess, humbling. Very nice. That's interesting. Thinking that Lily's hanging around, having a good yeah, time. Yeah, that's sweet. Checking up on. on us. Yeah. Mm. Having a little rest. And I said to mum tonight, I was like, I think Lily's spirit's hanging around. She went, yeah, definitely, I reckon. So. Oh, there we go. <laughs> She's all on board. Yeah. By the way, like you have the sexiest bit of red fluff in your hair right now. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's on the side. Yeah, you got it. Oh, red fluff. Yeah. Speaking of red, shall I go first? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> today I'm going to be discussing a cryptid that terrorized southeast Arizona during the late 1800s. This clovenfoot creature ended up being more fact than fiction, but there are still questions surrounding the strange beast that is known today as... The Red Ghost. Oh. Yeah. So, that's nice to do the thing. Not to be mistaken for a lady in red, right? Correct. 
as a bit of a backstory for this creature before we get into the full-on tale, we are going to be discussing some 1857 American history here. Uh, On that year, the U.S. Congress granted the Secretary of War $30,000 in, you know, 1857, $30,000 is like a significant amount of money. Uh, It's like a good five mil. Yeah, to to purchase nearly three dozen camels from the Middle East and bring them back to Arizona. Uh, The harsh desert environment of Arizona wouldn't be an issue for the camels, that were used to traversing uh, the sort of sands of Egypt and around that area. And thus, the U.S. Army's Camel Corps was formed. The trip through the wild deserts was a harsh one, and with railroads not yet laid through, uh, there was only one course of action. Camels, of course. Of course. So the camels... Yeah, the camels provided a reliable, or sorry, proved so reliable in Arizona that Congress allowed for more to be purchased until there were some 100 camels in the camel corps. Unfortunately, for that section of the U.S. Army, uh, the U.S. Civil War started and the government had to change their priorities. So the camel corps was abolished and the camels were either sold to the highest bidder or let free to roam the wilderness. Because introducing, you know, species into the wild, just letting them roam free, what could go wrong? Hmm. And this is where the fantastic tale of the red ghosts actually stems from. Uh, so we're going to start the tale by skipping ahead to 1883 in the spring. Two mothers are sheltering in their adobe house along Eagle Creek in Arizona. Their husbands, having just gone out to see how many of their sheep flock had been either slaughtered or stolen by local Apaches in their latest raid on the homestead. Not too far nearby was a spring within a thicket of willows, probably only like 10 10 or so metres from the house. Uh, One of the young mothers decided it was a good time to head out, grab some water and come back. Bad choice, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so a minute passes and the lady isn't back yet you know it's a pretty quick trip 10 minutes or 10 meters away and then back um but the house's dogs start barking and hollering like mad and the lady the other the other mother inside is utterly terrified as she looks outside and sees what she only described as a huge creature red in color ridden by the devil himself Screams began come, began to come from the lady at the stream. Her doom was certain at this point, at least to the mother inside. So they locked themselves in there with the children, barricading the doors and kept the children safe until the men came home in the evening. Upon arrival home, they found the mother in hysterics and followed the path to the stream to try and find the other young mother. All they ended up finding was the trampled and bloody remains of the lady in the mud. Oh, no. Surrounded by hoof prints twice the size of a horse's and small red hairs all over the place. Those who investigated declared the death a mystery and were utterly, uh, sorry, utterly perplexed by the incident. Well, are they hinting that maybe it was camels? They were... No, they were... The investigation originally, they hadn't really any idea about the camels. They just kind of 
thought that perhaps either the husbands or the other mother had killed them. Mm. So they, but their story was like clear enough, and they managed to get yeah. away. With it. I mean, okay. 1887. How? If you don't have security cameras, you're going to get away with it. No, that's it. So two days later, and several miles northeast of Little Eagle Creek, saw the second coming of what was beginning to be whispered as the Red Devil. A couple of gold prospectors were sleeping soundly in their tents when suddenly, out of nowhere, a horrific beast with hellish fury came rolling into camp. The thing came pounding down upon their tent, ripping it to pieces and collapsing the structure around them. It moved on from their tent to the others, smashing and destroying with a furious intelligence that gave the men pause. Those who made it from their tents only saw a blur in the darkness, red in shape, 30 feet tall at least. Others believe they saw what must have been a giant horse or a donkey of some kind, some creature they'd never seen before. The only thing that did stay consistent throughout the stories, however, was that strided upon the back of this giant creature was a skeletal figure sitting proudly upon its back. Ooh, like Jack Skellington? Some shit like that, yeah. So the men had to warn the authorities about this. Uh, They'd need to get people out to hunt this thing. The Red Devil was a real threat, and it had destroyed their camp. So, obviously the authorities didn't take these stories too seriously. I mean, only two stories, right, in a couple of days? Well, these stories started spreading. And before you know it, more and more people were coming forward with their tales of the Red Devil. One fella said he'd chased the beast, but it evaded him by vanishing into thin air. What? Another man said that he saw the beast tangle with a full-grown grizzly bear and win. He won. The Red Beast. Red Devil won. Red Red Beast. Sorry, Red Ghost. Surely these stories were just stories, right? Well... At least the authorities thought there was no way that this could be real. But there was always one piece of evidence that never failed to show up during these investigations following a sighting, and that was the tiny red hairs that remained in the wake of the monster rapidly becoming known as the Red Ghost of Arizona. That's insane. Mm. So about a month passed between red, Red Ghost sightings, But the creature finally showed itself once more. This time it was 80 miles northwest of our original location at Eagle Creek. A rancher by the name of Cyrus Hamblin spotted the creature while out on a hunt for stray cattle. Climbing up on a ridge, he looked down upon a ravine some half a mile away and spotted the beast in all its enormity. The hairs on his back stood on end. His breath grew short. This was undoubtedly the beast that everyone had talked about and seen. The beast slowly worked its way closer to him, coming to within about a quarter mile, and Hamblin managed to relax just enough as he observed from his hidden position to note that this wasn't, you know, a monster. It was enormous red camel. Oh. You'd, you'd think this would bring ease to the mind of Hamblin, right? No, killer camels then. It didn't. 
Because striding the back of that monster... Oh, God. ...was a man. And by the looks of things, the man was far from alive. Like... <laughs> You're like, oh, hello? Like a ghost riding a camel? Is it a ghost camel? Yeah. And a ghost we man? Know. We don't know. So, Hamblin's reputation know? was so solid that this story was taken as fact by the authorities. Whoa. And the red ghost was once again spreading its rumors over Arizona. The creature returned to infamy in the hearts of the people who lived in its domain. Two weeks on from Hamblin's encounter with the beast, five prospectors from Verd River, some 60 miles west of the ranch of Cyrus Hamblin, got a spotting that starts to put together the pieces of the puzzle. They see the creature feasting on a mesa and got within shooting range of it. Imagine the fame that would come from killing the red ghost itself with a gun. <laughs> How can you kill a ghost? Exactly. The Those men open busters. fire. They unload all of their uh, rounds that they can upon the red ghost and it seemingly doesn't have any effect. And the creature turns around and begins fleeing. But as it does, the skeletal body striding the top sort of whips around and the skull comes loose and falls to the ground. Fuck off. Yep. <laughs> no. The men rush over looking for the skull and they do find it. And yeah, there's a few shreds of flesh left over, a couple of hairs clinging to the skin remaining on the top of the skull. And it's just a regular inanimate skull of a dead man. This kind of begins to shed some light on the monster of legend. Perhaps it's just a camel from the camel corpse that had its rider killed and it's been stuck with its body on its back this entire time and it's been driving it mad, hence the reason it's been attacking humans and going through camps and ransacking everything. Or maybe it's actually a paranormal force. Who knows? And it does. The final violent encounter uh, with the Red Devil uh, occurred when a farmhand had managed to lasso the creature at night. He thought it was a cow of some kind, uh, but obviously cows get, you know, they're not known to sort of buck and go wild, especially a tame cow, when you lasso them, but... This thing, as soon as he got the lasso around the camel's neck, he was on the back of his horse. It just turned straight for him and his horse and just ran at them and bowled him and his horse over and they fell to the ground, hitting with a big impact. Uh, And then it just ran off with the rope around its neck. Are camels aggressive? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, not like hyper-aggressive like this, but they can be. And yeah, Did the you red... know Australia has like native camels? They're not native. They're they're brought in, but we do. They're have not a... native. No, yeah. I don't know. Australia I think just we have like camels. one of the biggest populations of camels in the world in Australia. It's crazy, huh? It's so weird. You wouldn't think that we have camels. Yeah. Kangaroos, emus, cassowaries. Yep. Camels. Camels. Yeah. Heaps. You can buy like they're such a nuisance. They get shot and sold for meat at Coles. They get shot. So- Shot and sold for meat at where? Like Coles and Woolworths. 
I've not seen any You've never camel had camel meat. patties? I've never seen any camel meat come through coals. I, well, I haven't seen it for a while, but Nasty. I have bought camel meat from coals and I've tried it. It's pretty good. Nasty. It's just cow of the sands. Uh, oh, so <laughs> when you say it like that, put it on a Big Mac and call me Ronald. <laughs> so the Red Devil, mis- sorry, Red Ghost mystery continued on for another 10 years with minor sightings only but seemed to come to an end in 1893 after Mizu Hastings of Orr had a little gold camp just above the San Francisco River and spotted an enormous red camel docilely grazing upon his turnip patch upon waking. There was, however, no rider on its back and Mr. Hastings took the advantage while the beast was sort of placated by his turnip patch, took his shotgun and shot the beast dead right there in the yard. Jesus. And begun claiming that he had killed the red ghost. So authorities came to investigate, saw that it had marks on its back from where a saddle would have been once upon a time. I mean, it could have just been one of the camels let loose by the camel corpse and not the red ghost itself. Yeah, yeah. But the the authorities were like, this is conclusive. Red Ghost's dead. Good done. job. Fact. Well done. Done. Pretty shitty proof, but, you know. Yeah, so whether the Red Devil is dead or not is another story. I mean, if it is really just a regular camel, then it's definitely dead by now because it's been, you know, 100 and, 100 and something years. But if it's a paranormal force... Beware when you are out in Arizona, as the stomping hooves of the skeletal-ridden camel may be coming for you. Do we really know the lifespan of a camel, though? Let me check. But it's like six hundred years, <laughs> right? They're like camels. a turtle. Like I don't. We don't know anything about camels. Hey, forty years. It's pretty lengthy. Longer hey. than I thought. For an animal, you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's the end of my story. That's awesome, babe. Thanks. Any reviews? We do have some reviews, thanks for asking. We have two five-star reviews. Uh, The first one coming from Therapy for Monsters. Thank you so much. This is a five-star review. The title is awesome. Really great podcast. Gives me the dollop vibes, but with supernatural stories instead. Highly recommended for a nice, relaxed, laid-back look at what goes bump in the night. Smiley face. Thank you so much, Therapy for Monsters. We love you. Thank you so much, Therapy for Monsters. I'm pretty sure they are a um, podcast on the That's Not Canon network as well. Oh, thank you. Go and check them out. And the second review, another five-star says, love it. Loving the podcast. Each episode has its quirks, spooks, and facts. Also love the haunted sketch, your map. <laughs> you mean a poltergeist coffee mug that I purchased. The detail in the drawing is awesome. And that was via Apple Podcasts by the user SJF29. Thank you, SJF29. Thank you so much. Thank you for purchasing our haunted sketch mug. Thank you. Yet a best. All right. 
So what have you got to talk to us about today, babe? I just laid down. Well, you better get up and get your thing. I get knocked down, but I get up again, because I got a podcast to do. Oh, Danny boy. I'm a tired lady. Hell yeah. That burp was very weird. It came from like three different places in my throat. Jesus. So this is about the widow ghost in Thailand. Oh. Have we ever heard about it, anyone? No. No. All right, class, listen up. Listening. So in about 2012-2013, some news articles started to circulate around about this widow ghost in Thailand. And I'm going to just tell you first where I got all my information because I'm very bad at doing that. So, weekandweird.com, Ranker, of course, BangkokPost.com, Coconuts.co, and ChicagoTribune.com. <laughs> I don't know how to say these. I don't know how to say these names very well. Please just bear with me. I need to start doing more, <laughs> more like English <laughs> <laughs> stories. Okay, so in the village of Ta Sawong. There has been, there was a, there's been, sorry, a string of deaths linked to what the locals believed is a widowed ghost. The widowed ghost has been blamed for deaths of at least 10 men in December 2012 and many more in recent years. The reasons for the events to be so strange is that the men were incredibly healthy before they passed and they passed away in their sleep. Oh, weird. The village's method of combating the paranormal monster is no is is what is usually known for getting people killed by angry bulls, red shirts. <laughs> they hang red shirts outside their home to ward off the vengeful spirit after talking to a local medium. The medium stated that the spirit is out for blood and warned that the homes with only one son are at yeah, with only one son, are at a greater risk. Oh, no. She offered the method of hanging the red shirt to repel the evil. Some neighbors who may not have believed in such things even put up red shirts because there was such a panic. They felt the pressure to comply for the sake of their neighbors. Uh-oh. And I think considering a lot of the, the like their neighbors' partners died, so they were like, oh, out of respect, I better do this. Of course. But there's an issue with the hanging of the red shirts. A political issue. Oh, no. From political pressure caused by the United Front of Dem- Democracy Against Dictatorship, UDD, a group set up to oppose those who supported the 2006 coup stage by Thailand's Royal Thai Army, um, which about 84% of the citizens supported, UDD's support symbol is also a red shirt. Some may believe that the median had an ulterior motive with her advice given to the fearful village, making it look as if UDD was greatly supported throughout when they were indeed very disliked. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Propaganda. Propaganda, babe. All over ghost. These people were just getting assassinated by (laughs) anti-UDD people. Right? (laughs) So six years later... In June 2018, it started to happen again. The Tambon Dong Yai in 
Nakon Rachisma. <laughs> Thai words are so hard. <laughs> Fiami District. Nice. Thank you. Residents began to hang red shirts out the front of their homes after another two seemingly healthy men suddenly died in their sleep. The residents went to see another medium. And so forth. They said the same thing. It's a widowed ghost out for revenge. Hang up some red shirts. Yeah. Lamom Surfiami, Surfiami, I think, 62, who lives in Bansala village, said a rite was held at a village shrine to invite spirits to explain to the residents why this happened. Through the medium, the spirit said that it was the ghost of a widow who wanted to take the life of four men. Oh, my God. And as two had died, another two would soon follow. Some of the residents had attached a note to the red shirt out the front of their homes that read, there are no men in this house but cats and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's good. Yeah, that No one's the cats and dogs. According to Mrs. Lamom. No other men died in their sleep after the red shirts were put up. Thai men also painted the nails red to avoid death from the widow ghost. In October 2018, though, news broke out that it was not a widow ghost who killed these men, but it was a disease. Oh. This doctor was the director of Nong Kang Sai Hospital. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> Travel to the... <laughs> this is a fairy episode all over again. Um, Travelled to Puhong Village with his team to investigate the deaths of two men and three women that had died over a span of three weeks. Concluded they died from non-communicable diseases, NCD. <laughs> NCD. Brayden. Brayden. You need to collect yourself right now. Sorry. We're a professional podcast. Yep. <laughs> NCD are a class of medical conditions that cause 71% of all deaths globally, according to the worldwide the World Health Organization, almost of the World Wide Web. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not wrong, am I? Um, they are not infectious and cannot be transmitted from person to person, but are, in, but are instead caused by an individual's lifestyle and environment. Oh. In an attempt to make the superstition superstitious villagers become more aware of the risk factors. I'm just going to say the doctor. The doctor, along with a nurse that specializes in mental health and public health officer and a public health officer conducted a stress assessment as well as provided health care advice for the community to assure the villagers that ghosts were really not the cause of the recent deaths. The doctor revealed the autopsy results of the five recently deceased individuals According to medical examinations, the death, the causes of death were diabetes, a stroke, and arterial diseases. The last death was a teen girl who was killed in a motorbike accident. But I mean, we're not focusing on the women, are we? We're focusing yeah. on the men. In so January 2020, oh, news again broke of more deaths. Thirteen people. Over a three-month span had died and residents of Bantaluang village in the Fiyami district began to hang red shirts once again. 
Most of those who died were men aged 17 to 60. Oh. The residents again believed it was the widow ghost. The most recent death being that of, I can't say his name, I'm so sorry, but a 60-year-old man said man said to be strong and healthy. He was found laying unconscious one day on a village road and died shortly afterwards. Ah, that's horrible. But the tales of the widow ghost actually go back to 1990. Rural Thai men were working in... were walking, sorry, rural Thai men were walking in fear of the widow ghost and they were trying to scare her off with giant red-tipped phallic symbols. Oh, no. That's right. Penis scarecrows. He's <laughs> <laughs> waving around penises. Yeah, there's videos and then Oh, really? I'm going to say now. There are videos on the the websites that I said at the start. There are videos of like they're doing an interview in like on the Thai news or something, and they're showing off the because they've they've made these scarecrows today, like in recent years, and they're showing off the scarecrows and they're like the the penises have a big lever on the back and they're just. Shaking that willy around oh my on the God. scarecrow, and the scarecrow's wearing a red shirt too. Wow! So, a fuck on the Widow Ghost. That's fun. Okay. So, a wave of unexplained deaths of tie workers as they slept had spread rumors of a vengeful widow spirit that stalks by night, eager to snatch a man from the marital bed. The deaths occurred in Malaysia and Singapore, as well as northeastern Thailand. So this is still in the 1990s. In areas uh, where one or more men have fallen victim to what Thai doctors call sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome, the men took decisive action to defend themselves. Again, wearing red lipstick and red nail polish. Well, I mean, not again. This is like the first instance. Yep. But that theory actually fell through. During the year of 1990, when men who wore red nail polish and lipstick died in their sleep. Oh, no. Others took the more traditional approach. They began to hang penis symbols around their necks, Mm, over their doors, (laughs) and at village gates. Many in Bangkok and elsewhere believed that hanging the phallic symbols in their shops would bring good luck and good business. The bigger the phallus, the better the business. (laughs) Also said by every porn business ever. <laughs> In the rural village of Tung Nang Oak, villagers were particularly proud of their communal red-tipped symbol, which was more than three feet long and weighed 22 pounds. Oh, wow. They explained that the grisly nightmares of local men indicated the widow ghost was hot on their trail. In another northeastern Thai village, a married couple came up with a different approach. They erected an anatomically correct scarecrow, sporting a sign designating it to the hunter of widow ghosts. Oh my god. Thus bringing us the penis scarecrows that were being hung in like 2018 and whatnot. Yeah. Like still being hung. Embarrassed, Thai health authorities investigated more than 700 night syndrome deaths of Thai workers in Malaysia, Singapore, 
and Brunei since 1983 and hundreds more at home. Wow. Many Thai workers from the northeastern provinces live almost exclusively on glutinous white rice made with a sticky sweet syrup. Autopsies show that the victims had suffered from overproduction of insulin and deficiencies of potassium and vitamin B1. The public health ministry, trying to stop the panic, ordered its provincial officers to launch health awareness campaigns emphasizing the nutritional value of fruit, vegetables, and meat. But obviously, during the 1990s, it didn't work as men continued to pass in a mysterious way for the next 30 years. (laughs) And that is the Thai Widow Ghost. Wow, cool. With penis scarecrows. Yeah. (laughs) Red-tipped phalluses for all. (laughs) Those scarecrows... Were definitely warriors with blood on their swords. Oh, nasty. You knew where I was going when I started yeah. saying that. Well, thanks so, so much was, for sharing. How was that? Was that okay? Yeah, that was fun. I liked that. I thought uh, it would just be f- something funny because yeah. it had been a scarecrows in it. And I love how they were dying. Well, I don't love how they were dying, but the real enemy here is malnutrition. Malnutrition, mate. <laughs> Gets you every time. It makes sense, though, that it wouldn't have been a ghost. No offense. I love ghosts. You know, I love me some ghosts and I want things to be real. But it would make sense because it was mainly the men. And I would assume that mainly the men are away working and, like... Rushing around and only having time for small or simple yeah. meals. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that the women don't work. Yeah. I'm just, like, saying that they probably did like the more heavy manual labor jobs and then that would put a lot of strain on their bodies and then all they eat is like a little bit of rice, a little bit of this, a little bit of sticky syrup, whatever. Oh, what kind of sticky syrup is around <laughs> with all those phalluses? <laughs> well, I mean, they're dying of diabetes and stuff. I don't know. Come. Um. Anyways. Anyway, that was my story. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much, babe. Thank you so much, Brayden. You're welcome. You're welcome. You had a good day today, or yeah, lots of fun, or tell the people yeah. where they can find you. Yeah, thanks for everyone for coming out and uh, put your headphones on and listening to the podcast. It's like really great of you, thanks. Um, you know, you can always just catch us at youmeanapolterguys.com. You know, there's nowhere else really that you can catch us. Everything's there. If you want to check out the Instagram news feed, it's also there. But um, please give us a like and a follow on Instagram as well if you're there. And um, yeah, thank you so much for coming out. and. Thanks for rating, reviewing, and subscribing. <laughs> and uh, uh, don't forget. Exercise regularly. Goodbye. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.